and fellow adventurers, welcome to the MinMax Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, and you do so as we continue the Extinction Curse. As always, we want to invite you to come join our Discord, where you can hang out with us and other listeners of the show. And if you'd like to throw a little financial support our way, you can check out our Patreon, and a shout-out to all of those at our big number level and above. Rock Jedi, Iggy, Wolf. Blodimus Slump, Thunder Mammoth, Center for Reproductive Rights, Das Gris, Fizzgig, AC Goldner, The Brigade Alliance, Eric R. Oh, just gonna sneak right past you there. Indie Link, Tawdry Monster, Mercutio, Angel Shadowheart, Dickie Lopez, Licky Topez, Ricky Rope Bridge, Alex K. More Dine, Doma El Laca, Dr. Grittis, Forevermore, Frank L., Just Mike Works, Ross D., Darren W., Marab Syndrome, Fig Tears, Zach S., Jamie H., Mr. Turtle, Sleeve, Darren, Caleb W., Corey, Pickle, Mr. Grimm, and Firedown. Shout out to new patrons this week at the big number level, M54 Ewas. Also at the big number level, Jameson S. Thank you all so much for your support. And now a recap of session 129. After holding up his end of the bargain and bringing Moonlight back, we assist Zeroneth in performing the Terminate Bloodline Ritual, a big powerful spell designed to knock out all of the Shrain family down here in the city of Shrain. All except for probably Dizalin, it seems, who is still probably coming back in about a week. Again, not our problem, but turns out it is Nidek's problem, along with Cory, Kufar, and Zirineth, as Nidek has decided to stay in Shrain and assist them with the rebellion. After our goodbyes, we finally trek our way out of the Darklands and back to the surface. And from there, we meet back up with the circus, and it's all very emotional. Eventually, we decide to pack everything up and head to a city called Diabel. Once there, we find a plot of land and try to figure out what to do next. You've got yourself a little sheet of paper that dictates the address in Diabel of where the uh, empty corral is. It's not difficult to find it. And when you get there, you notice that, indeed, it is large enough to hold the circus. The plot of land is right on the edge of town. And it's really in a perfect spot. There's the river that goes north before emptying into the ocean. You're on the same side as the port, and the same side as where all the taverns and all of the, the inns and the lodgings are, as well as near the shopping district. This will be a good spot. Nice. Cool. We go get the circus set up. We go get the professor, tell him where to go, and tell him to start setting up. Right away, Moonlight. Gosh, it's so good to have you back. The professor directs all of the people, the performers, the hands, to get the big top in place. It's about 5 o'clock p.m. as you get to the location, you get everything unloaded, and the setup is concluded around 10 o'clock. The big top's up. You've got sections of the corral roped off. There's big signs for the Circus of Wayward Wonders that are put outside the entrance of this corral, which is now a circus yard. Everybody has the wagons, the tents are set up. I have a question for the party. I have an answer. It's at this moment where you have an opportunity to perform what very well could be your last show during the course of this adventure. Oh my god. Do you want to go through the circus, as it were, one last time? Hell no. <laughs> Jeff doesn't perform anymore. He's retired. I turned on an automate circus. Just turned on an automate circus. Is that a kingmaker joke? Yes. <laughs> Just automate kingdom management, automate circus. 
it's, it's not going to make me any money, but it's not going to... Not gonna cause me any problems. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the professor approaches Moonlight and says, uh, uh, "Moonlight, would you like to take over in the management of the circus for the shows in Diabelle? I, I've been doing it in your absence, and I'd be happy to hand the mantle back to you, of course." You know, Professor, I think you've been doing such a great job. You should keep doing it. We're not sure what we're really looking for here. We're kind of kind of at a loss. We're not sure where we're going, so we've got some got some work to do. I don't have a lot of time to make sure that the circus is running correctly. Fair enough. Basically, it's not worth our time. We are too special to do fucking circus shit. <laughs> I mean, what level 18 characters running a fucking circus? Come on. <laughs> Seriously, right? Well, uh, then... Would you, would you like me to slot you in? I've been really excited to put, introduce some of the new performers and give them their first night. Would you like to take part? Or perhaps... Oh, no. I hesitate to ask Jebediah. What about Peach Pie? Of course I do. I would like to perform with Fidget. It has been a long time. And also Bernard can ride Whirples. And I think that would be fun. I would agree. Well, I'll get the everything set up and the advertisements going. Wait, should I do the advertisements or should the wizard do the advertisements? If you can convince him to. You know, just doing them myself doesn't sound like it would be nearly that much work. So why don't I just go ahead and keep doing the ad, the ads and the promoting, yeah? That's probably best, Professor. Right. Well, I suppose there's work to do. I don't know what to tell you exactly in regards to your research, but best of luck. Thank you. We hope we can find what we're looking for. Till the week goes by. Professor pr- promotes the show. What do you all do? Hang out with Bardolph. I haven't gotten to see that bear for a long time. Knowledge, remember what the f- <laughs> fuck is going on in this campaign now? <laughs> Knowledge book two. Knowledge, that flashback where we all morphed into each other or whatever. Wizard, out of all those those intelligence checks, I opt for the nine. I get to choose, right? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I just wanted to roll some dice. I rolled like shit to start, though. God damn. Maybe I don't want to roll dice tonight. <laughs> you do know that there was a vision that you received in the Moonstone Hall from the Moonstone Pool while wearing the Moonstone Circlet (laughs) of an image of a shifting humanoid character uh, high in the mountains with beams of energy coming out of their being and touching each of the Aeon Towers scattered along the, the Starstone Isles. And in that shifting humanoid shape you saw you could see Peach Pie's silhouette, Jeb's silhouette, Moonlight, Wizard, Nidex even there, Turtle was there. So someplace in the mountains. Basically the only hint you have. I remember that. How far away are are we from the mountains now? Everyone would know this. The Starstone Isles, in the very center, is this place called the Cortos Mountains. And the Cortos Mounts, I should say. The Cortos Mounts are, well, the leftovers of a godly power 
ancient, unknowing, raising land from the bottom of the sea. And that was the epicenter of where that occurred. In fact, the site of where the star stone originally fell as it went through Galarian's ocean to hit the ocean's bottom is said to be at the top of the Cortos Mounts. So the wilderness there is high, over 15,000 feet, and some of the highest peaks getting up to 23,000 feet tall above sea level. Teleportation magic is known to be rife with problems, but also that Aridin had a secret veil somewhere in the top of the, the Cortos Mounts. That's pretty common knowledge. Any scholar could tell you that. With a successful society check. Which the wizard gets without even trying. So, society check, that point us to a library or something to find out more in-depth information? No, you could find a library. Yeah, Diabell's an old city. There are certainly libraries that would have the knowledge that you would need in order to do this. Do you know where you need to go? No. Somewhere in the mountains. So then what would you want to research in order to find that answer? Herod and Laura. Religion. I make a religion check? Go ahead. I'm only trained. 33. With a 33, you do know that, of course, the the, the uh, tallest mountain in the Cortos Mounts, I think it's called the Azalant Mox. Cool name. I mean, all we have to go off of right now is our vision we saw, so we'd have to somehow cross-reference that vision to stuff we can find in books or maps or whatever. Unless our combined reflections give us some sort of insight as to where we need to go. <laughs> so, Peach Pie, with the religion check, you do know that, uh, you know, of course, the Star Stone, where the Star Stone originally fell, absolutely, uh, is in the Cortos Mountains. There are a couple of other really holy sites that are known of in the area, like the Inheritor's Forge. Uh, it was actually a forge that Iomade had worked uh, before her ascendance. There's Black Ink Lake, which is the lake that Norgorber was said to have disposed of all of his secrets uh, before ascending to godhood through the Starstone Isles test. And now that ink is now a magically divine lake of literal black ink. That's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, that one's cool. That's so metal. Then, of course, there's the uh, the Danatlog Spring, where Caden Kalian, after taking this t- test for the Starstone Isles, stumbled through the Cortos Mounts trying to regain consciousness or remember what he went through at the test of the Starstone and washed his face at this natural spring and leaned up against a small tree. And it now is a massive pine with a flowing spring of clean, pure water. Which is another location of the pilgrimage for Caden Kalianites. But none of that's directly tied to Aridin. Well, Iomene is. For sure. She is the inheritor, after all. That is true. With your 33, you know that the, the number of religious significance from a lot that happens, or a lot of locations in the Cortos Mounts, there's a lot up there. There's certainly a lot of whispers about things that are less well-known. But nothing that you can recall offhand or even find in your studies that would indicate to Aridin specifically. There are a couple of spots that reference him, of course. And there's even thoughts of a couple of temples that have to Aridin that have gone into disrepair and things of that nature. 
The wizard gets ten higher, eleven higher than me. But I don't know if it matters because we're both just trained. Might be one of those things. Ted, I need your voice. Do you? I do. You're just throwing dice. Don't make me narrate your okay, dice. I rolled a forty-four. <laughs> as soon as you started saying the. There's like fuzzy information or shit that David couldn't figure or Peach, but I didn't figure out. <laughs> I just threw a dice out there and, you know, 44. At the pinnacle of Erezlant Mox, the highest peak in the Kortos Mounts, there's a curious platform carved with a single piece of green-veined white marble. It stretches ten paces across, and its center is a patch of naked stone with a small impact crater. That is where the Star Stone originally fell when it hit Galarian. At the base of that shrine to Eridan is an Aerodonite priestess. Her ghost is, stead, is said to still haunt that location. But that's probably not what you're thinking. There's a place where Eridan actually blessed all of the Aeon orbs. That place is called the Verdant Beacon. And the wizard remember and the wizard finds that through Heavy cross-referencing. Yeah. Well, why didn't you start with that wizard? Jeez. <laughs> he wasn't paying enough attention. Beach <laughs> <laughs> by Bernard and Moonlight were talking to each other, trying to figure this out and going over everything they know. And after the conversation's over, the wizard's like, oh, wait, yeah, guys, um, <laughs> this is Thing. <laughs> I, I saw a really cool clown. I was distracted. <laughs> Just out the window of the library. <laughs> Uh, how far of a journey is it to this? If you know you need to make your way to the Verdant Bacon, but the Cortos Mounts are sprawling. It's going to take some time to really get an idea of where this could truly be. Well, I suppose we're going to be heading to the mountain and uh, finding a way up it, I guess. I mean, at least I've got great athletics checks. Do we think it's going to be cold up there? At least yes. the wizard can fly, so we don't have to worry about his weak ass. Yeah. Is this going to be like <laughs> fucking, like, back in Return of Rise of the Rune Lords, and we had to, like, deal with the cold shit when we were going up the goddamn mountain? Oh. Or we basically had to, like, kill ourselves in order to get into <sighs> Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> if, we, if, if we think that's going to be it, I will go look for a formula to make us all shit that will negate that. After several days of researching, cross-referencing information that you've already come across on your own with some of the histories on some of these old Eridanite books, you uh, realize that the Cortos Mounts are not easy to get into. You can't teleport into the Cortos Mounts. There's a bubble of some sort that prevents that. I know, right? A Tyler bubble or a game no, bubble? It's a bubble. It's a okay. bubble. It's a bubble. But yeah, this is another situation where you cannot just teleport into the Cortos Mounts. If you attempt to teleport to the Cortos Mounts, it's very common for people to end up in roughly the same spot, depending on where they're approaching from. Another thing you find out after some time, you know, again, researching, checking out the area, is that because the Cortos Mounds are such an unforgiving wilderness, there's really only one road that goes up to Cortos Mounds. Well, we gon' be on it then. Tyler, can I find a level 12 either elixir or formula? Winterwolf elixir, moderate. It's a level 12 item, protects from extreme gold, should we need it. Uncommon? No, no, common. 
that you can find it. You can find any item of 16th level or lower in Diabel. I'll buy it and learn it if we can take four days in this whatever we're doing. Apparently, we've spent yes. many days researching this. So let's yeah, let's just take a couple weeks. I just want to I just want to chill, hang couple out with weeks. the circus, learn some formulas, drink lots of coffee. I want to get back into the swing of things. Would everybody like to have a mist form elixir or two every day? Just so we all have concealment when we roll into combats? If it's said that I don't have to remember it and it's just always happening, sure. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it that well. <laughs> I could maybe give everybody two a day. If we're going into, we know we're going into a combat, you can take it before combat. That's what we'll do. Perfect. So everybody is going to have two greater mist form elixirs. Last five minutes, it gives you concealment. You want to use it before combat. I'm I'm going to make enough so that I can pretty much use it for every combat. Seems selfish, but fuck. Seems like a lot. Yeah. It's extremely useful. I know. That's why I hate it. Sorry, bud. I mean, not really, but sometimes it's disappointing to see a hit ter- get turned into nothing. Especially when it's a uh-huh. crit. Oh, I know. <laughs> Especially when it's a crit. And and I want you to take all that rage that you feel when that happens and then like flip it around to be joy. That's what I feel. <laughs> so so your your horrible disappointment is my elation. <laughs> so take take comfort in that. I appreciate that. I respect that. <laughs> Professor comes around with coffee the next morning. How's the research coming? I now have very little money, but that's okay. <laughs> you need money? Is anyone flush? Uh, I had enough to buy it. I got 7,500. Oh, you're flush. Okay. Also, while I think we're not getting going to be getting into much trouble, I spend like almost all of my reagents on polypurpose panaceas. <laughs> Peach Fuzz just spending his days getting fucked up and researching. Hell yeah. <laughs> I can easily make enough to stay high all day. Diabelle, your time here is the last time to be able to go shopping in any way, shape, or form. All right, boys, I got 8K. Is anybody interested in something? Think expensive. Get that flying citadel, boys. I got 7,500. I got everything I need. Unless anybody wants 7,500 for anything, we could pile everything together for one big item for somebody. Yeah, that's what I was talking. Anybody need a, one of the Apex items? That's, those are probably too much, aren't they? We have three. We have three? Who doesn't? I don't have an Apex item. You're the only one Jeff's that the only one doesn't have one. There's two levels of Apex items, though. There's like a 17th, and then there's like an 8th. What Apex item does Peach Pie have? I got the strength he one. He strength. I oh, do you? So uh, he has charisma. Let's just get my intelligence at 18 for shits and giggles. <laughs> my strength is 20, and my wisdom are 20. Just take one of them up. Yeah, so there's a level 17 version that's 15,000, and then you've got the 18 version that's 24,000. I'll throw you 7,500, Spencer. Just buy, buy whatever you want. What if Spencer wants two Apex items? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Wisdom and strength, let's go. Wisdom and strength. Magus! I've basically turned Chip into Magus. <laughs> you, you actually can't. You can only have one Apex item at a time. I'd just do the Wisdom one. I, th- I was thinking the Con one, because it gives you, to, like... What is your con right now? It would just make it go up to, that's why I kind of... If it was like 14 or something, it'd probably be a no-brainer, but it's 16, so I'd go to 18. But otherwise, that one gives you fast recovery and a bunch of shit. Otherwise, the wisdom one would get put me up to 22 with 
I will allow you to find uh, the wisdom apex item here in Diabel. I accept. I mean, it's only one off of the... You can literally find everything. 16 and below. Oh, this is 17? Nope, can't find it. Just not available. I need 53 gold. Someone delete 53 gold in the night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apex item achieved. I mean, I technically had 48 more gold. I could have given you that. So you only <laughs> need five gold. I feel like Jeb's like, welcome back to the circus. Now, can I borrow <laughs> some money? <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you 60 gold because I've got all my money in platinum pieces right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we're fucking flexing. Here's six platinum pieces. No, I just don't feel like doing the math. I like that you went with wisdom rather than strength. Sticking to the caster. Yeah. What's, what ability do you get from it? I mean, it means we each have a different one, which is kind of funny. I cast Augury, and anytime I am confused, stupefied, or fascinated, I re-roll and take the better. That's nice. What's Augury do? Uh, basically, Tyler tells me if I, we should do it or not. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a good time to use that. Augury's an insanely meta spell. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like it. And I figure with all the like survival shit I've taken, it makes sense on top of that, too. So, a couple of things that you need to know about the Kortos Mounts, or the approach to the Kortos Mounts. Of course, yes, they are untamed wilderness, and there's hardly any any civilization. However, there is a scrap of civilization in that the first guard outpost. The Eagle Garrison runs this outpost. And essentially what the Eagle Garrison does is it keeps an eye on the many... And seriously, I've read through the, the, the back matter for the Kortos Mounts. There's a lot of shit going on in the Kortos Mounts. Like the God Carcass? That's a demon-worshipping sect of centaurs who sacrifice into a giant pit in the shape of a monstrous humanoid. Uh, and as soon as the pit fills with blood, who knows what's going to happen. And then there's all the harpies in the Hall of the Yellow-Eyed King. And then there are, good God, the Famished Mind is this aberrant thing from another world that just came and is starting to take over minds and consciousnesses in the Kortos Mounts. And the scouts of the Eagle Garrison Fort send back as many reports of disturbances that occur in the Kortos Mounts that might be concerning to the city at the center of the world. Absalom. Because a creature that is taking over people's minds is not a concern at all, right? No, they've reported that one. Nobody's done anything about it. <laughs> just like, just uh, adventure hooks all over the fucking place <laughs> in the Cortez Mounts. All over the place. But the Eagle Garrison Fort is just off of the main road going into the Cortez Mounts. Sounds like that's our next place to do some research, guys. Let's go. Onward. Onward. The outpost that you're aiming for is approximately 100 miles northeast. How do you want to get there? Well, Tyler, I cast Augury. How do we get there? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how Augury works. <laughs> how large is this teleportation bubble? How close can we get? <laughs> you can't necessarily get directly to the outpost, but you can easily teleport to within a day's travel of the outpost. Wizard, let's let's skip like eighty of these miles and get right done. <laughs> you can do that, right? Yeah, I mean that's easily done. 
right up to the point that the bubble is. In fact, with the wizard's research that what you've got during your time here, you could probably pinpoint exactly where the bubble, the bubble's edge meets the road. Is that the plan then? Teleport there? I think so. Works for me. Works for me. Works for me. Mm, I don't know. Augury. <laughs> Does it sound like a roll your check? <laughs> I will. I will. I'll roll my secret check. Wheel. The results will be great. Nothing ever bad will happen to us. Perfect. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> Jeb gets a gut feeling. That's a good course of action. Makes me feel much better. When do you go? You say your goodbyes to the circus? Or do you thieve away in the night? Irish goodbye. Peace. <laughs> I mean, we tell the professor we're leaving. Professor says, Oh, you're leaving us one more time. Yes, just the once. This is the big one. Yeah? Yes, for some reason, this world has entrusted a bunch of fucking circus people still. It's up to us. Yes, this keeps happening, but we seem to be getting very good at it. But yes, it was foretold. I don't know if we told you this. Is it? It was a vision that we all saw. It was in a pool to an ancient temple of Aradin. That bastard. I do remember you telling me about your time at the uh, the Moonstone Hall. Moonstone Hall, yes. 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 So this is it, huh? I don't know. I've thought this was it many times, and it keeps going. But if I had to take a guess, I think we were at least five-sixths of the way done. <laughs> well, I, I I, wish you all the best of luck. Do you want to have a party or something to send you off? Or will you just be leaving? Party! Jeb votes for a party. 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 Parties are good. For one last night, crack out the wine, the kegs, and you have yourself a party. And in the morning, you you leave? Yeah. I suppose we do. Everybody wishes the four primary members, the ones who brought the circus together, the ones who pushed it along, the ones who gave it notoriety, everybody has a tearful goodbye for you the night before. Jebediah, Hickburn, Moonlight Shadow Dance, The Wizard, and Peach Pie face to the northeast. Wizard casts a spell, and they blink away. Oh, we forgot the oven on. You end up on a road in a deep evergreen forest, rocky terrain, or uneven ground, small foothills that lead into the unforgiving wilderness of the Cortos Mounts looms ahead of you. And as you all end up in this very specific, very specific location, I need you all to give me perception checks. Because we're ambushed. I got a 41, I see it. 43. 35. Everything goes over my head. <laughs> 47. I see into the heavens. Jebediah for certain and, and likely Peach by Moonlight even. The wizard's just concentrating on the teleportation spell. 
in the distance, the other three of you hear, it sounds like a man yelling in pain. Accompanied by big, earth-rumbling, throaty laughs. And I head toward the evil-sounding laugh because that's what a hero fucking does. And I'm chaotic good now, and I'm a hero. Near Moonlight was going to be like, eh, sounds fine, right? (laughs) I have embraced new things. A new perspective, Moonlight. I'm ready to be the hero. George, kind of. (laughs) Not mechanically a sudden charge, just I run over there. (laughs) Running. A jog, I think. (laughs) About 30 feet per action. It seems like a a lot of effort. Maybe tone it down to 20. Peach buys you charge up the road. The road passes through a narrow opening between two steep bluffs, and the laughing is coming to the top of the bluff up and to the right. And as you yell charge, you can hear the sounds in the background. Jeb can hear it. Did you hear that? Something's coming. And rustling up on the top of the bluff to the right side. As you approach. Ah, uh, this feels more like it. Nidak was worried about stealth. Moonlight knows it's not. Po- there's no point. <laughs> it's the friendliest people we all come across, and David's just like, nah, just kill fucking killing him. <laughs> you know about where it's coming from. This guy seemed like he was very happy. I don't know why we're bothering him. They were screams of joy. It's still. The road is quiet. Or invisible. Until four. That's a dino. That's a T-Rex, man. It's a T-Rex Zolgath combined. David and interbreeding this whole time. Ah, I knew Greg was up to no good. Honestly, this looks like a furry to me. But if it's a reptile, <laughs> does that make it a scaly? Ted. A scaly. Expert. Ted, the expert in furries. <laughs> <laughs> Still a furry. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, four huge T-Rex-headed humanoids with long tails, not small T-Rex arms, like wielding a spear and a man-catcher, one in each arm, pops up, and you can see that they're about to jump down on you. And at that moment, we need everybody to roll for initiative. Hell yeah. As the the Tyrannosaurus men jump down on you in an ambush. You 100% can't tell me the person who did that art wasn't, like, a little horny at the time. <laughs> like, that I 100% think, is furry art. I think you're horny if that makes you think someone <laughs> I see a lizard man and you see something sexual. <laughs> have you ever considered have you ever considered <laughs> that you David, have you ever considered that you might be a pervert? Um yes. Yes I have. Uh, oh Holy shit, they are actually huge. I thought you were being hyperbolic. No, uh, I was not being hyperbolic. They are huge in size. 
I am going to use my battle cry. As the ambush starts? Yep. Nice. All right. When you roll initiative, you can yell a mighty battle cry and demoralize an observed foe as a free action. Someday I need you to record Moonlight's battle cry. <laughs> yeah, do you got something for Moonlight's battle cry? <laughs> uh, moment? Not really. <laughs> Attack us at your risk, fools, for it will be your demise. Nice. Yeah. But I'm going to attempt to demoralize huge humanoid number one. That's an intimidation check, which I have not done in a long time, but I can roll a 19 and get a 53. Holy shit. That's against huge humanoid one? <laughs> yes. Moonlight wants to come back hard. What happens on a critical success? Chris says he is frightened too, and I do believe I have... Oh, it's been so long. Sorry, guys. Um... It's okay, we're glad you're back. That <laughs> fucking gross-ass and undead peeling. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone. Was it terrified to retreat? When you critically succeed to demoralize, the target's level is lower. Is it lower than level 7, 18? You guys are level 18 now, huh? Yes. Yeah. Then he flees for one round. Shit. Okay. okay. Um, so he should be frightened too and fleeing. Well then. Behind cover, coming from a voice that you can't even see, in a language that I'm sure the wizard understands, Ignan? Fire language. Wizard, do you have Ignan? I do. Yep, I had to double check. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's a long list. I, saw that look I, I found it. Face. I found it. It's there. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, in Ignan, you hear a spell being cast up to the top of the bluff of your right, on your right side. It is on your list, but because you can't see it being cast, like, do you need to be able to see it being cast for what you normally do? Trigger a creature within the line of sight casts a spell. So if I can't see it, I don't know. A spell gets cast in the distance. That is the top of round one. A little uneventful. You don't see it occur. Somebody in a big monster T-Rex voice just started casting a spell. Which takes us over to T-Rex man to uh, number four. This one is not scared by moonlight. Not at this moment at least. Uses its first action to jump down off of the bluffs to land right in front of Peach Pie. Oh, hello. And it uses its second and third action to roar. He's got an action called Bone Shaking Roar. And I need all four party members to give me fortitude saves. <laughs> Damn, that's my weakest save. 47. With a 19. 46. On the dice. 44. 37. So, Beach by you save with a 37. So, everyone, everyone critically saves this. So, which means none of you take the 10d6 sonic damage. Damn. And that's its turn. Uh-huh. Which leads us to Beach Pie. It's your turn. Well, action one, rage. Action two, five foot step up to him. Action three, we gonna swing. Oh, and that one with my uh, first roll in combat, the new book, how inauspicious. I take my hero point. <laughs> you talked yourself into that real fast. I did. Well, that's only a five. Still a miss. Ah, well, wasn't meant to be. 
Well, then after Peach Pie, that takes us over to T-Rex Man number three. I'm just going to keep calling him T-Rex Man. This one uses its first action to jump from the bluff side, which lands him behind his buddy. But then he uses his second action to stride in. I take attack of opportunity? Yeah, with the way he moves, you do get an attack of opportunity on him. Hell yeah. Jeez. Can't roll, miss. Uh, that was his second action to move into flanking position with his pal. Uh, is he my level or lower? Yes. Yes, he, he cannot is. flank me. Nice. Then Peach Pie stands between the T-Rex men un You just can't be flanked. That's pretty cool. So they don't even get the, the bonus. They have to be to higher it. level than him. Yep, they have to be higher level. Man, that's rough for this guy. All right, well, he uses his third action to use an action called three-limbed lunge, in which he makes a strike with the weapons in each of their hands. What's the third limb, Tyler? Well, let's just resolve the first two. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the first one is an attack on Peach Pie with his spear that he is holding made of, looks like a sharpened femur of some ancient dinosaur, gets a 49 to hit. Well, that is a critical, unless my fortification breastplate can uh, do me something here. Ooh. Which it cannot. How about your mischance? I didn't take my mist form elixir. It only lasts five minutes, so I can't like give it up all the time. It's more oh, like when okay. I know we're going into combat, I can have it up. Well, then, Peach by on the critical hit, you take 54 points of piercing damage. That was a spear, though, wasn't it? Ha-ha! I'm reducing that by seven. Oh, yes, because it is actually a spear. You are correct. Three plus con mod. Yes, seven. With the second attack is with the man catcher, which is what it's holding in its other hand. This one, it gets a 37. That will, in fact, miss. By one. With its final action, it swings its tail around and tries to body you with his tail. The tail, okay. The tail is the third limb. They get a 30 to hit. That will miss. Peach Pie just jumps right over it. Only didn't hit me because of my can't be flanked on that second attack. On the second attack, you're right. Big barbarian guns getting pulled out by Peach Pie. Well, then after that guy, that's all of his actions. Now, after he swings his tail like he does, he kind of starts looking like he's a little off kilter because he expended so much energy to attack three times within one action. He is flat-footed until the start of his next turn. Nice. Wizard, it's your turn. I cast ninth level implosion. Oh, okay. Uh, first time with implosion for me. I crush a target by causing it to collapse in on itself, dealing 75 damage. First time each round I sustain the spell, I can choose a new target to be the subject of the same effect. Oh, goodness. The same creature can never be targeted more than once with a single casting of the spell. You can't affect more than one creature per turn with the implosion. You can't target a creature that's incorporeal, gaseous, or liquid, or otherwise lacking a solid form, since I can't make a you know non-solid thing collapse into itself. Got it, got but it. But each round I can just sustain it and do it to something else. There's no roll, there's no spell attack uh, roll. It is a uh, so they make a Yeah, they, they make a basic fortitude save. Yes. Uh, I do have a question about this. So, yeah. if I do reach spell, because it has a range of 30 feet, mm-hmm. does the reach 
carry over into the sustained actions of my future turns? That is an interesting question. Is that based question. off the original casting of the spell, or would I have to, like, I can't reach the sustain because it, it doesn't work like that. You're just sustaining the spell. Yeah. I right? I so I assume you would be. If the spell's already cast, the, the spell's already like ranged. It's already affected by. Yeah, you've you're sustaining the original spell. The original spell was a reached version. A reached version. You're not recasting it at all. Yeah, looking at the sustain a spell special activity, I don't see anything that would stop you from being able to do it and keep that. In fact, it implies that it, it you do exactly what the spell says. Yeah, no, that's good. That works. Okay, well, I'm going to reach implosion, and I will start with number four. I don't actually need the reach part right now, but I might in the future for something further than 30 feet. So fortitude save, uh, number four, the one that Peach Pie is right next to. Oh, good. Uh, that fortitude save on the T-Rex man number four? Net one. This is a basic fortitude save, so instead of 75, he's going to take 150 damage. No dice, no nothing, just 150 damage. It's just flat damage. Wait. There's 150 just non-typed damage. Love it. That is where that that spell's strength is in. I can continue to sustain that while casting other spells. I'm just going to keep that going. That's insane. Ninth level magic. Alright, well then after the wizard makes uh, T-Rex man number four start imploding on himself you can hear this and he burps a billow of smoke out of his mouth. And blood. And blood. (laughs) There's certainly blood involved there too. That takes us over to T-Rex man number one uh, who is currently like mid-jump and takes a step back and then takes another step back. And then uses all three of its actions to run away from Moonlight. Uh-huh. Ah, it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> that takes us over to T-Rex Man number two. He's going to jump down to the road with his first action. With his second action, he's going to move up, getting within his reach of Peach Pie, even 15 feet away. He is huge. And then we're going to do a spear attack. Peach Pie does a 49 hit. Again, that is a critical. We'll roll my fortification d20. And I succeed, drop that thing down to a regular hit. Nice. Peach Pie, you take 29 points of piercing damage. Okay. Except I reduce it by 7 because it's a spear. Oh, that's right. Look at you remembering all the things. For now. That takes us over to Jebediah. It's your turn. I will... Invoke Disaster, casting Stormlord. Hell yeah. This whole combat is just going to be showing off all your fancy <laughs> new ninth level magic. I just know it. <laughs> the sky above darkens, which it already is. It darkens even more, I guess. And I'm going to choose wind. Powerful winds buffet the area in all directions. Range attacks take a minus four circumstance. And I'll use a free concentrate check to shoot a lightning bolt. Not a lightning bolt, but... A lightning strike. Number four with a basic reflex, please. A 36. He fails. Oof. He'll take 31 damage. 31. All right. Jebediah will move up to Humanoid 3. Got it. So cast the spell, then move up to T- T-Rex Man 3. Mm-hmm. 
then after Jeb, that takes us to Moonlight, who is right at the base of one of these huge monstrosities. Not monstrosity. Dinosaurs. T-Rex, man. Um, we'll start with a intimidation check. I uh, get a 40 against his will, DC. That's a success. Just a regular success? Regular success. I'm going to try. I'm going to hero point it. Ooh. I'm going for the critical success here. Goodness. Uh, 43 against his will, DC. Still just a success. Damn it. Um, this is scared to death, so he, on uh, success, he oh. becomes frightened too. Frightened too. Got it. Yeah. If it would have been a critical success, he would have had to have given me a fortitude save to not die, but... Not today. But not, not this time. Okay. So he is frightened too. Got it. I can't really get away from him. He's like right next to me. All up in your shit. Yeah, seriously. Um, I'm going to use my next two actions, taking two five-foot steps backwards. <laughs> Moonlight carefully steps back. Try to get away from this guy. You know, they're a little more cautious after dying. <laughs> that has an effect on people, I hear. All right, well, that takes us up to the top of round two. That takes us over to... What's that over the bluffs on the right-hand side? It's, it's, it's bright and it's glowing, but... It's Batman! And then you see it. It looks like a giant bonfire at first as you don't quite see the figure, but it steps with large steps. And it comes into sight on the road. You kill my friend! (laughs) Another T-Rex man. But this one has a Triceratops skull on one shoulder as shoulder armor. sick. You horny again or what? No, that's just badass. (laughs) (laughs) And he's also wielding in two hands a Naginata. Naginta. Oh, good. Naginta. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He looks just like that, except for he's on fire entirely. Does it look like it's hurting him? Or is he digging it? Not at all. He's, oh, okay. he's digging it, man. This is his shit right now. This my shit. If he attempts to fly, what kind of restrictions are we looking at? Like difficult terrain? All flying counts as difficult terrain. Okay, so flying counts as difficult terrain. That thing can fly? <laughs> then instead of then instead <laughs> of coming down uh, the side, he's gonna he's gonna fly over the bluff on fire. And lower himself to be standing right in the party's back lines. Adjacent to the wizard, right next to Moonlight, Jeb. He's in a perfect position. And with his third action, slices at Jebediah with his Naginata. 44 to hit, Jeb. That's a hit. Jeb, you're going to take 31 points of damage as this T-Rex man who is on fire flies over the bluff to slam you with the the Naginata. You also need to give me a fortitude save. 36. 36? 46. Oh, 46. It did sound like 36. (laughs) Mid-vape. A 46 is a success. That That blow could have really, really knocked you out, potentially. Or at least stunned you. 
but Jeb is hardier than that. He resists the blow. Nice. That's his turn, which takes us over to T-Rex Man number four. This is the one next to Peach Pie. He is going to start making attacks on Peach Pie. Stabbing with his spear first with a 48. Uh, that will hit and crit yet again. So we'll roll my fortitude, or uh, fortification, I mean. Do not succeed. All right, then Peach Pie is going to be taking 54 points of damage. I'll reduce it by a bit. With his second action, he's going to swing at you with his man catcher. Going to try to grab you with it. 43 to hit. 43 will hit. So the man catcher goes around you, Peach Pie, and it does slashing damage to you as the spikes that are facing inward on this collar-like device that snaps around your neck. I need you to give me a reflex save. Reflex? Yes. I critically fail. What are you doing, bro? <laughs> Peach Pie, you've, you are now grabbed by that man catcher, and you have to use an escape action to get out of it. As he catches you in it, he smiles, and he takes a five-foot step back to put a little bit of space between him and you, but still hold his arm out to keep you in place with the man-catcher. <laughs> Smack him around, boys. But, Peach Pie, it's your turn. Okay, which one was that? T-Rex Man number four. The one that just got you in the man-catcher and stuff. Okay. You know what the other rune I have on my armor is that's not fortification? Love. It's called implacable. Oh. You know what implacable lets me do? No. It gives me a free action every round to try and escape from any effect that would allow an escape. No shit. Originally meant for swallowed whole, but hey, that's but, where <laughs> the man catcher works too. So uh, free action, athletics check to escape the man catcher. I get a 40. 40 is a success. Fantastic. Then, with my first action, I will five-foot step back up to huge humanoid number four. With my second action, I will attack him. Get a 41 to hit. 41 hits. Finally hit. Still didn't roll very well. 55 damage. Peach Pie squeaks as he rolls from the man catcher's grasp. And I will simply use my third action to attack again. And miss. We got that one hit in, though. That's the only one that's taken any damage, and he's not looking great. He reaches into his bloody con- bloodied condition, or in the bloodied state, with Peach Pie smacking him. So that's going to take us over to T-Rex Man number three. This is the one that's more a little towards the back lines. He sees that Peach Pie is getting it up on his buddy across from there, but he already has some backup blocking the road there, so he turns his attention to Jeb and Moonlight. First thing that he does is he uses his first action to stab at Jeb with the man catcher. Gets a 31 to hit. That's a miss right there. He growls at you and then stabs at you with his spear. Gets a 39 to hit. That's a miss. Mm. The fuck's my AC? You also, he's frightened too. So that, that, that helped, I think. I mean, I'm pretty sure that made it be a not hit, so. Yeah, there you go. It's going to be reckless. Use its third action to use its three-limbed lunge. But they're all at the maximum multiple attack penalty. Which means each one of these three attacks is going to be at a minus ten. I like it. It's not looking good so far. 24. Oh, 38? 
<laughs> no, you'd need to roll a 20. <laughs> I would need to roll a 20 on the die. Nice, he's 40. Big T-Rex man's just crit fishing, and he misses all three of them and finds himself flat-footed. That negative two saved two hits. Just, just throw that out. We get it, Moonlight! <laughs> uh, okay, so this guy is now flat-footed until the beginning of his next turn because he of his frenzy, even though it did nothing for him. Which takes us over to the wizard. It's your turn. First action, I will elf step away, so five, ten feet away. Second action, I will sustain implosion, and I will move it on to huge humanoid number three, which is next to Jeb, the one that was frightened still. Oh, okay. Yep, he is still frightened and flat-footed. I don't know if that makes a difference. It won't for the fort save, but frightened will. He gets a 39 on the fortitude save. That is a failure. 75 damage, right? That is surprising. Is my DC... My DC is 40 now. Okay. Okay. Yes, that's going to be a flat <laughs> 75 damage. Just wham. And then third action... Actually, no, I will recall knowledge on the main one, the big one that came down. The big guy that's on fire? Yeah, the rest of those fuckers are all just... They're nothing. Peons. What's this, <laughs> what's this big guy? Uh, I want you to give me a... Oh. Uh, Arcana check. I mean, society, but yeah, probably. It's society. It's I'll, I'll do society. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Society check then. 49. 49. That is one away from critical success. Uh, this is a huge beast. These are all of the same ancestry of creature. Saurians are, as you see before you, huge Tyrannosaurus Rex-headed reptiles in humanoid shapes with the big long tails, and they've got the, the spears and the man-catchers and the naginatas and spell-casting, like divine spells. It looks like this particular, what they're called world watchers in the Saurian society, likely is under the effect of the fiery body spell. What do you want? Get three things. What's his favorite food? Uh, weaknesses, resistances, special abilities. Favorite food! Favorite food? <laughs> Meat. To get back to your actual question. Weaknesses? None. Resistances? Fire. They're resistant to fire. And what was your other one? Immunity, immunities? Uh, no. Um, special abilities. Oh, special abilities. They're known to be very proficient at taking advantage of an enemy who misses a swing against him. He's really quick with his Naginata. It's got a little hook end against it. He likes to make striking attacks at your weapon if you were to miss it with an attack. Fun. Or it, like, dislocates your shoulder as a reaction if you're a monk. It's kind of a dick move, but that's cool. It absolutely is. Then, after the wizard finds out a little more about the Saurian World Watcher, that takes us over to, let's call them what they are, not T-Rex man, Saurian Warmonger number one. This is the one that was running away. He uses all three of his actions to get back to the bluff to the left, on the left side of the road. And that's his turn. Saurian Warmonger number two, however, is up front with Peach Pie. He uses his first two actions to roar, that bone-shaking roar that we, that we talked about earlier. 
I just need saves, fortitude saves from Jebediah and Peach Pie this time. We're not, like, immune to it? Failed. I succeed with a two on the die. Damn, Which means I critically succeed. Well, here's the fun part. Jeb, you, you failed. Yeah. Uh, this ability has the incapacitation trait. Oh, I succeed. So you succeed. Nice. Now that it knows that that's useless and you probably shouldn't ever do it again, that's two examples of it doing nothing to you guys. You stand up to their bone-shaking roar, unaffected. And then he uses his third action to swing like a maniac with his spear and his man-catcher in his tail. Beach Pie, coming at you. First is a 37 to hit. Nope. The second is a 44 to hit. Yes. Give me a reflex save, because that was the man-catcher. 29. You are restrained again. Sorry, that's an actual effect. You are grabbed. Okay. And the last swing is with the tail. And gets 24 to hit. He is like any of them that uses the three attack action for one. They are flat-footed at the end of that turn until the start of their next. Which takes us over to Jebediah. It's your turn. All right, we're going to do all sorts of things here. Concentrate check. Basic reflex on number four. Basic reflex on number four. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Stormlord. Yeah, okay. Stormlord. Okay, number four, and you said reflex save? Yeah. It rolls a two on the die. 27. That's a crit. Crit success? Crit failure. Oh, crit failure. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, it's crit failure on that. That's for sure. 58. 58. That cooks him. That fries him. Doesn't kill him, but he's not looking good. I swing at the Triceratopsian. The one that's on fire? Yeah, dude. I'm intrigued by him. How's a natural 20 for oh, 50, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that'll be uh, a critical hit. Okay. 53 damage. 53. You slice down across his front, and it, that does all go through. And do I provoke an attack of opportunity? You for the concentration? You do not. No, I'm about to cast a. I'm about to cast a spell. Oh well, I get to do all sorts of things. Also, no. All right. So, so you said right, number the conversation was a that was a free action. Yeah. Take this, bitches. What is that? That is slow. Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> They did really not the greatest. Okay, so... Yeah, it looks like number one and the Triceratops are slowed for one round. The rest are slowed for the remainder of combat. Oh, man. Well, for a minute. Slowed one, right? Yeah. Slowed one. They need to crit fail to get two. Lightning bolt, attack, slow. Go, I'm done. That was a lot of shit that you just did all in one, one round. 100 damage with a slow on top of it? I'll take it. Shit, yeah. Well, then after Jeb just does, you know, three things all at once, Moonlight, it's your turn. Uh, Moonlight's going to take a five-foot step back towards the group and then use their... I mean, I know they, he, they didn't take attacks opportunity, but I don't know necessarily that they just didn't do... There wasn't a reason for that. I'm still going to use my blood component substitution. So I take damage equal to double the spell's level. That was the ninth level spell, so I'm going to take 18 damage, um, which basically means it does not have a manipulate trait. 
And then I'm going to cast Voracious Gestalt. Voracious Gestalt? Yeah. Sounds fancy. It sounds really fancy. Uh, 30-foot emanation, which I think hits everybody, all the enemies. I, uh, I create a powerful spirit entity that grows and builds strength by consuming the spirits of foes that I slay. Or it slays. When you cast a spell, the Gestalt deals 14d6 negative damage to all living creatures of my choice in the area, which is going to be the five of them, with a basic fortitude save. Creatures you choose that end their turns in the area take 6d6 damage with a basic fortitude save. At the end of each of my turns, if I killed the living creature during that turn, the Gestalt or the Gestalt killed a creature, the radius increases by 20 feet and the damage increases by 1d6. Oh, shit. So I think from from moving forward five feet, they are all within my 30-foot emanation. I would say except for the one that's still on the bluff on the left side. Oh, you're saying he's up high enough? How tall is that bluff? I mean, the bluff's about 20 feet up. Yeah, you're getting to Pythagorean bullshit on mother. <laughs> I need basic fortitude saves. Okay, come on. Wow, they rolled really well. A lot better this time around. We've got four successes. Actually, all the warmongers succeed, whereas the on-fire world watcher is the one that actually fails. The one with the highest save fails. The one with the highest save by a good chunk. So they take 14d6 or half of 14d6, which, not great rolls, 45 damage. 45? And then they take additional damage at the start of each of their turns? They'll end their turns in the area. Yeah. Take if they end damage. their turns within the 34 radius. Sadly, I did not kill Warmonger number four, so it does not grow in strength. But, uh, yeah, still did, you know, a bunch of damage. And that's my turn. Well, then after the uh, powerful spirit entity that just grows around Moonlight and starts pulling life's force from T-Rex men... Uh, that takes us up to the top of round three. So it's actually the Saurian World Watcher's turn. He is on fire, but also he is slowed. He loses his first action. With his second action, being pissed off at Jebediah for doing the whole slowed thing, slashes at Jeb with his Naginata. Of course, with flanking with his ally. No. Jeb does a uh, natural one on the die. Jesus, brother. Completely misses with the Naginata and just out of frustration swings his tail at you. It gets a 41 to hit with the tail. Frustration succeeds. Aha! It worked this time. 29 points of bludgeoning damage. I accept. So that takes us over to Saurian War- Warmonger number four. This is the one that is down to his last uh, bits of life. He's bleeding all over the road, and he might have a broken bone here or there, but he still goes on. Loses his first action because he's slowed, but he was one of the ones that succeeded the slow. So that Oh, actually, away. hold on. I need a fortitude save from World Catcher because he ended his turn in my... Oh, good, good point, good point. Yeah, we get a 41. All right. So then half... So he'll take half of 66. He'll take 14 damage. 29 is good rolls on on 66. Yeah, that's actually a lot better average than uh, my 45. All right. Well, it doesn't take him down. 
Uh, but that takes us over to uh, yet the Saurian Warmonger number four. Loses his first action to slowed. And uh, also it realizes that he can't use the bone-shaking roar to deal the you, you all any damage. It just doesn't work. So instead he swings at Peach Pie with his spear. I believe this guy has you in his man catcher. I think it's this one. Yeah, yeah, because he stepped up. Because he, so he still has you in the man catcher, but you get to 49 to hit with the spear. Again with the 49s to hit and crit. Okay. To the only one getting hit. You're doing your job. <laughs> My fortification is a failure, but here's what I'm going to do. Since I am getting crit and I have my attack of opportunity still, I'm going to use my ability that I so infrequently even get a chance to use because I always use it for movement. I get to attack of opportunity somebody who crits me. So I hit him oh. back first. Wait, it happened first before the triggering attack? I don't know. I don't know how this No, it'd have, to be, it'd have to be before because you it's the crit that is doing it, right? Uh, I, I guess. I, I don't fucking know. I hit him back either way. 48 to hit... Okay, this is actually going to make a difference. I know, because he's going to die. He's dead. You figure out the stack. I'll tell you, in magic, my counter would happen first. Like, I would agree, like, a spell being casted, you would attack first. But since this is an attack, and, like, That's the crit true. wouldn't be known until you're actually hit with it. So how would you... Because uh, if you kill him, did he crit you? That's the question. That's, that's the question. Well, that's what I'm saying. He didn't crit you anymore, so you shouldn't have gotten an attack of opportunity if you kill him. So I'm saying <laughs> he should hit oh, you. I see. <laughs> straight up, straight up, uh, you know, brute force logic on yeah, that. Yeah, Because like, if you kill him, he's the crit never happened, so your attack of opportunity should have never happened. I don't know. I can see it going either way, but I think that's what I'd agree with. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool if it didn't. Take 49 points of uh, piercing damage. I take seven, seven a little less, less than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but as this spear digs into you, he opens himself up in the side, and you take him all the way across the midsection, and you break his ribs. And more squishy sounds, he falls to the dirt. Then after he dies, Peach Pie, it's your turn. Well, since he was the one man-catchering me, I guess I don't need to use my free action. What are we doing? Killing uh, number three next? Okay. First action to move up to number three, and I will incur attacks of opportunity if they have them. They don't. All right. I attack him. Oh, jeez. Not getting good luck on these rolls. We'll use my third action to swing again. Uh? Hey. We'll hit. And we'll deal him 49 damage right back. There it is. And that's the end of my turn. Alright, well that takes us over to Saurian Warmonger number three, the one that Peach Pie just got done hitting. Uh, he's going to lose his first action, of course. He's also still frightened from the previous, uh, I think for Moonlight, applied uh, Frightened onto him. Yeah, he was frightened too at one point. He is going to do his, uh, his. I mean, it's it's kind of a one-two that's reliable for him. He's going to first attack with the man catcher. Try to catch Peach Pie around the throat. 48 to hit. 48 is a critical hit, and I guess I'll use my fortification again to see if we can make it not a critical hit. And I do make it not a critical hit, which means yeah. I don't use my, which means I don't get critically hit, which means I won't use my reaction to attack back, I guess. Wow. Confusing. That's really annoying that that rule just came up again immediately. Because <laughs> now I'm like, wait. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Because you triggered the crit because of the crit, but then... Uh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, so, Beach by the you only take 24 points of slashing damage as the man catcher closes around your neck. Give me a reflex save. I can't do reflex saves. 33. You're not terrible at reflex saves. I'm pretty bad at it comparatively. Okay, right, it is an entire 8 lower than my fortitude save. That's a big deal at this level. That disparity is much more noticeable at this level. Then, Beach Bite, after you get grabbed, the T-Rex mouth smiles at you as he stabs you with his spear. Gets a 38 to hit. A 38? Oh, on the nose while I'm raging. Oh, but for some reason I have minus three. Is it because I'm grappled? Okay. It's because you're grabbed. Yes. So another 25 points of piercing damage to you, Peach Bite, as he stabs you with the spear. Well, then that takes us over to the wizard. Not it's yet. Your turn. Oh, wait. Oh, I that's need right. a fortitude save from him. We've got the other one I think we went by, too. No, he died. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so th- before we get to the wizard, Warmonger number three, 33 on the reflex save, or sorry, fortitude save. That is a failure. He will take the full 66, which is only 17. <laughs> all right. Well, he takes all 17 of that damage. Wizard, it's your turn. Drain bonded item level 9, and I cast implosion the second time. So now I'm just gonna have two floating implosions. Works, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, just keep I mean, sustaining it... both of them. You can only hit each of them with one once, but yeah. Yeah, you can only hit each one once with each spell. That's that's fine. Okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, reach, reach implosion. Do you have effortless concentration too? I do not, but I I'm don't. Okay. Kind of regretting not taking it now. Um, I don't have a lot of sustained spells, so it's whatever. It's my first implosion since I just had that on number three. I'll move that to the big guy, and my new casting of implosion is going to be a number three. Oh, I can't do a reach casting of this then. I forgot because I have uh-huh. to use a sustain. So this will be our regular. Says we're still with thirty, right? So one of your implosions is, is within 30, the other is within 60. Correct. Got it. I'm glad it's you keeping track of I'll, all this. I'll, I'll keep me. track of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll keep track of it. That's fine. So yeah, the first one will go on to the big guy. Let's do that. That's going to be the, from the sustained. Now you get to 48 on the fortitude save. It's going to be half damage, so 37. And then my... Second casting of Implosion will begin on number three. Okay, 42 save on number three, uh, nat 20 on the die. That takes us over to Saurian Warmonger number one. This is the one that's still sitting on the bluff overlooking everybody, but he uses his first action to jump down. Slowed first action. Oh, slowed first action, then uses his action to jump down, falling through the trees and landing right next to Moonlight. That's a pretty generous jump through the trees there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard because I, he's so big. I was just, as, yeah, it's just a huge fucking token. I mean, like, like so it means me standing like in that can't have tree, him, like, part of that tree between the two, right? And he's going to use wow. uh, his last action to uh, man catcher on Moonlight with a 44. Uh, it's Moonlight. He's you take 25 points of slashing damage, and then you need to give me a reflex save. Fucking two on the die for a 32. That will fail. You are grabbed by the man catcher. Oh, okay. 
And that's Warmonger number one's turn. Takes us over to Warmonger number two. This one's next to Peach Pie. Peach Pie, you're currently being grabbed, if I remember correctly. Probably? No, I thought he was being grabbed by number four, who died. No, I'm being grabbed by number three now. I think he got grabbed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, applied by number three. So number two loses his first action to slowed. Yeah, with his second and third action, he's going to attack with uh, the spear first on Peach Pie. Gets a 40. <laughs> a 49 to hit. <sighs> fortification breath, or fortification rune. That fails. Now I'm taking my attack on him. Peach Pie, you're going to take 47 points of critical hit damage. I take only 40. Oh, no, I can't. He has to be within my reach. Alright, so he spears you. He spears you, but good. But he's going to lean down and... The tail has the agile trait. He's going to use his last action to attack with the tail. And roll the natural 20 on the die. Sweet. Fortification. This is getting critted so much. Yes, the failed fortification. Alright, Vichy takes another critical hit, this time by the tail. 58 points of damage. And that's its turn. Takes us over to Jebediah. Nope. Fortitude, fortitude save. Never mind. Fortitude save. That's right. Uh, gets a 41 in this one. Takes half damage. Takes nine. That takes us over to Jebediah. Ah, effortless concentration on the World Watcher. I don't like this guy. He critically ah, fails. Ah. Uh, yeah, he rolled a nat one on uh, that reflex save. So that's nice. 75. Nice. Along with a swing. And this is at the big guy, right? Yeah. The one on fire. 45. Damn it, Chad. That's a hit. 25 damage. Okay. You slice at him. And then we'll finish it off with the casting a spell. Thanks, my friend. <laughs> Not as big as I wanted, but there's 80 HP. Oh, <laughs> healing the peach pie. Oh, it feels so good to be able to heal and still do damage. <laughs> it's so disappointing not to be able to do that. When he- you did lightning damage, you slashed successfully, and you healed Peach by 80 hit points. Like, that's yep. that's a fucking effective turn. He's such a magus. That's all I got? All right. Then after oh, Jeff, that's, that's all he does. That's all I got. That's all you can do. That's it. That's the no only thing I can pull off. <laughs> Moonlight. It's your turn. Bottom of round three. Okay. Uh, effortless concentration to keep the gestalt going. And then intimidation check on Saurian Warmonger number one. I get a 43. Uh, 43 is a success. Okay. He is frightened too. This is using scared to death, not demoralize. Ah, I see. They are That's technically two different times. checks, yes. Because Scared to Death is actually just an imita- intimidation check, not a demoralize check. So then that means you can demoralize and then scare to death the same creature. Technically, yes. Technically correct is the best kind of correct. He's popping all of our level 9s. This is our only fight today, right? I haven't even casted a level 9 spell. <laughs> <laughs> it's a focus spell. Just having, just having some fun with these guys, you know? Uh, we're gonna use Whale of the Banshee. Oh, good. Your scream chills the souls of enemies that hear it. Each living creature in the area takes 8d10 negative damage and must attempt a fortitude save. Okay, creature in the area. And it's a 40-foot emanation, so that's all of them. Yeah, enemies. Damn. 
Alright. Then we uh, need five, sorry, four fortitude saves. Oh, oh, I put one on the dead guy. Oops. Okay, so Warmonger 1 fails. Number 2 fails. Number 3 critically fails. And the big on-fire T-Rex man fails. So, goes bad for all of them. Okay, this is not a basic fortitude save. Oh, this is a whale of the banshee. They just they still take full damage on a success. Uh, yeah, I mean none of them succeeded, so it doesn't matter. So everybody takes full damage. Oh, I. I uh, yeah, so the failures take looking. full damage. The critical failure takes double. So the difference here is failures take are drained one d four. Critical failure is just drained four. I see. So warmonger number three is just drained four. Correct. Got it. The other three all failed. Do you want me to roll one 1d4 or one for each of them? Just roll one since it's an emanation. Uh, three. So okay. one and two in World Catcher are all drained three. Which means they all lose hit points three times their level. And the one that's drained four loses it at four times their level? Four times his level, yep. Okay. Uh, okay, sorry. This is going to take me a second, guys. Give me a second. I haven't gotten used to all of the, like, new... We're getting back into debuffs again. I miss the old smelly guy now. <laughs> I assume Nidek smelled bad. I don't know. Couldn't imagine he smelled good. He smells like he that smell drink. when you've had a bandage on a wound for a while. Mm, like, you know, that's, that's just kind of what Nidek always smells like. I don't like that it- Analogy. I, I I thought it was perfect, which is why I like it. It's also <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> oh, and I mean, I didn't say it, but I I had to use my uh, blood component substitution. They take a bunch of that negative energy damage from from the actual uh, spell itself, but then when that drain condition kicks in, the life force being pulled from these monsters, the Saurian World Watcher, the one that's on fire. The flame flickers, it dies, and it falls to his knees, and then to the ground. The moonlight just sucks the life force right out of him. Not Kirby. that it matters, but at the end of my turn, the emanation from my gestalt gets uh, 20 feet larger. But what does matter is the damage dealt by him goes up by 1d6. So now that damage is 76 instead of 66? Correct. Interesting. I like that. Well... Alright, well, since Moonlight is just dropping all the shit down, that takes us up to the top of round four, which, now that a bunch of our T-Rex men are dead, Peach Pie, it's your turn. Alright, first uh, we'll use my free action from my implacable room to try and escape with an athletics check against this grab condition. I succeed the hell out of that with a 55. And that 20 will do it. Yep, that's a success. And then we'll smack the guy who had the audacity to man-catcher me. Ooh, smack him. Smack him real good. I hit number three with a 45. That'll hit. I deal him. 58 damage. And that's enough to kill him. All right. And then another Saurian bites the dust. Cool. Then uh, I guess I'll use my second action to move up to Saurian Warmonger 1. And my third action to swing at him. And hit with a 37, it looks like. It hits because it's frightened, too. Fantastic. 41 damage. All right. Takes all of it. I'm done. Well, that takes us over to the wizard. It's your turn. 
sustain implosions. Uh, both on to number one. Both of them on to number one. All right. Yep. So at, uh, for fortitude saves, it looks like he fails them both with a 33 and a 31, respectively. <laughs> 150 damage. God. Just and I bam. move. I don't know. I move somewhere for my third action. I don't you know, just I'll move stay. out of the way. I just move. <laughs> Hilarious. All just right. because. Well, number one, seeing the wizard just, you know, focus all of his attention and then feeling those implosions from inside of its own body. It loses its first action because it slowed. True. But it uses its second action. Fuck yeah. Mancatcher has a 20-foot reach. Even though the wizard moved back. He already has moonlight in his mancatcher. Oh, that's... Oh. Why is it called a mancatcher? That's uh, it's a weapon. I know. Oh. It's being silly. It's, oh. Oh, because it's like a tree catcher. <laughs> uh, so Saurian Warmonger at the top of round one loses their first action to slowed. But their second action stabs at Moonlight, who is sitting in his man catcher, and gets a 34 to hit. Misses. Misses. This is a person that they can't even... Even while you're grabbed? I mean, I know I rolled a four, but... Uh, yeah, I've got 37 AC, so that would put me at 36 full flat Well, we're, we're just going to try that again, 35, obviously. 35 ah, 30 to hit. <laughs> no. Okay. Fucking crit on Peach Pie every time I stab, but can't get Moonlight with a spear to save my life. It's going to take us over to the last... Oh, what's that? That's the end of his turn? Oh, right. Give me a four uh, the fortitude save he gets a uh, 32. Oh, what's that? He takes 76, 22 damage. Doesn't oh, quite so He doesn't die. So such close. Shit. Insanely close. Not quite, though. <sighs> Damn. Damn close. All right. Well, that takes us over to story in Warmonger number two. This one had his prey kind of squeak away from him earlier. That was Peach Pie. He loses his first action. He uses his second action to stride a little bit closer so that Peach Pie is within his reach and then stab at Peach Pie with his spear. You are just kidding, Chris. Peach so Pie. fucking much. That was a 50 to hit. <laughs> he can't roll on anyone else, but <laughs> I fail my fortification. You crit me. Okay. I'm kind of surprised at how many times I've actually crit you tonight. It's been like seven crits. Crits me, (laughs) Every time. 49 points of piercing crit damage. (laughs) So instead of rolling 49 to hit this time, you rolled 49. (laughs) Yeah, damage, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to make a fortitude save here because it's the end of Sorry and Warmonger number two's turn. And they are in that range. Uh, It gets a 35 on the fortitude. The failure. Ooh. 12 damage. Oh, that was Ouch. bad. Four ones, two twos, and a four. Yikes. That was pretty damn bad. All right, well, he takes that damage. That brings us over to Jebediah. It's your turn. Oh, my Reflex God. Reflex save on number one. Did a bunch of things. He succeeded. Attention. I hit did him 31 damage. He dies. Ah. He had five HP. All right. Um, and now As I a three action, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now I have three actions to do something. Offhandedly lightning bolt this guy to death. That's the one that's holding moonlight, and the man catcher clatters to the road. Oh. I will then move up. Attack. Hero point. Oh, I-, I rolled yeah. a one. <laughs> and that one, hero point. Not much better. 
Oh, nice. Okay, Ooh. I'm done. Oh, wait, I have a, wait, I have a three, three actions. Un- uh, sure do! <laughs> okay, that's all. Oh. Okay. So a couple of misses on those attacks. It, it, when you get to sustain for free, that's insane. All right. Well, since Jeb's found his element, that takes us over to Moonlight. Moonlight, it's your turn. I just uh, found it, please. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, free free <laughs> sustain the Gestalt. Uh, I don't think... Ha- have I tried to... Uh, have you tried talking to these guys? There's only one left. Is this guy shaking in his skelly boots? Yeah, I don't think I've done number two. So I'm going to try to scare number two to death. Let's see how well he does. How about a 50 on the will save? Get or the will a- DC. That's a critical success. Oh, I need a fortitude save. Is this a ranged attack? Within 30 feet. I'm sorry, that's a 46, not a 50. <laughs> Let's see. So there's extreme winds, all ranged attacks take a minus four penalty. It's not an attack. Oh, I asked you if it was a ranged attack, and you said, yeah, oh, I suppose it is a ranged attack. So you it's said, a, yes. It's a ranged save. Spell attack, it's, not a yeah. range, it's, not an, it's not a spell attack. Oh, yeah, no, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. You said yes, so then I said yes. Sorry, and then fuck. I misunderstood. <laughs> um, yeah, I need a fortitude save from him. Well, he rolled really damn well on that one. 19 on the die for a 42. It's the only way he didn't die. Was to get a success on the fortitude Let's save? Was to get a success on the fortitude save. Ah, he almost does. He almost died. His heart stops and beating for a moment. Dead, he's frightened to and fleeing. And fleeing? If he even gets his turn, we'll find out. Well, then, you know, I got two extra actions. We'll do a phantasmal kill. Oh, geez. Okay, well, apparently this guy really wants to live. I roll another 19 on the die for the will save. 45. Wow. That's a success. How I was just going to say that's that. Not <laughs> just making it, man. Living his best life. He takes 46 damage, and that's it. <laughs> well, let's see if he can live his best life for much longer. Top around five. Beach bye. Beach bye. It's your turn. Peach Pie st- almost has more health than Moonlight. Still. <laughs> 222 wounds. And Moonlight did over half of that damage to themselves. <laughs> All right. I don't want this guy to run away, so I am going to move up and around to the north of him, getting into flanking with Jebediah. Oh, no. And I attack with my uh, well, part of my sudden charge. And I crit him. 49 is crit. I will deal him a flat-footed and flat-footed. Straight 100 damage and knock him prone. Shit, straight 100. And then um, I am going to do a thing. Where's my notes? Here we go. Relic gift. Life everlasting. Oh, it's two actions, not one. Mother. How many debuffs on him right now? Fucka. One, drain three, frightened two, fleeing prone. Doesn't it reflection is two actions as well? God, damn it! Like all the reflections are like two actions. I just swing at him again, mother. <laughs> He's also disappointed by that. Wanted to do something fun. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fun. As he rolls a nat twenty. Roll a nat twenty. that's funny. <laughs> I hit him for ninety-one damage, and I guess knock him even more prone. He's even more proner. Proner. 
Skipper owner. I'm done. All right. Wizard, it's your turn. Implosion, implosion. (laughs) That guy hasn't been imploded yet? Well, it fails and then succeeds. Doesn't fucking matter. It it's a like hundred and some damage. Just flat fucking damage. Enjoy. Yeah, God, implosion, man. Just boom, boom, and rips this thing out, and it actually starts squishing it into a smaller lizard. That must sound terrible. Scale ball, right? Like, all of the squishing and the, the, the cr- bones cracking and then spitting out the blood. Oh, that just... That'd be so gross. That's almost worse than an explosion. Like, that's that's bad. It all happens inside. Congratulations! You killed the T-Rex men. Yay! we embark on the final leg of our epic quest, traveling into the Kortos Mountains, where our destiny awaits. But what crazy things will stand in our way? Find out next time as we continue The Extinction Curse. And until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.